the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Just talking with Jen, the board op, talking about living with people, and I haven't had quote unquote a roommate in many, 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 many years. But I used to hate having roommates because people just don't communicate terribly well. And they'll leave notes like, can you clean up your dishes? And you'll read it as, can you clean up your dishes? Or you'll read it as, can you clean up your dishes? Maybe. Like, just too many things get, just bug me about roommates. So anyway, I'm not a big fan of the roommate. Not a big fan of the roommate. But I understand why people have roommates. Okay, um, and also, I got to the point where, eh, just when you hit 30, it's like, done. Been there, done it. No more roommates. Um, and for me, it was like 27, 26. Just, I grew tired of it. I like being alone. I'm lone wolf, so to speak. California. Let's talk California. $30 billion home loan time bomb getting set to blow up in 2010. In the year of 2010, which is, crap, that's next year. Now, thousands of Bay Area homes have a ticking time bomb embedded in their mortgage. It's called an adjustable rate mortgage. A lot of these uh, adjustable rate mortgages, they're also known as option arms, short for adjustable rate mortgage. I get 20 plus emails a day from people who are screwed on their mortgage, and they're looking for a miracle, whether it's Obama or a lender who's willing to turn the head and give them another loan. I get 20 of these a day. Now, next year, a lot of these arms are going to start to readjust. So that means borrowers with dramatically higher mortgage costs. And let's say this could unleash the next big wave of foreclosures. But here's the kicker. It's going to be the Bay Area that gets hit the hardest. It's not going to be a national crisis. It's going to be the area where you're talking million-dollar homes that people did an adjustable rate or a teaser rate on such a small percentage of of the loan. And that's why it's ballooning on them and killing them. It's not all over America where you have to pay a million dollars to get a nice-sized home. In most of America, you could pay $150,000, $200,000 and get a McMansion. Do pretty well. From 2004 to 2008, one in five people took out a mortgage loan in the Bay Area with an adjustable rate mortgage. That's more than twice the national average. Now, of the 10 metro areas nationwide with the most option arms, three are in the Bay Area. The East Bay is dominant. Alameda and Contra Costa. Ultimately, what it means is there wasn't enough income to do a standard 30-year mortgage. So mortgage lenders said, oh, let's let's just do a five-year mortgage or a three-year mortgage. We'll figure it out later because real estate always goes higher, and it doesn't always go higher. So Alameda and Contra Costa, very high. And Santa Clara, the other one. Um, Marin, San Mateo, also on this list. So it's, it's pretty aggressive. 
Now, First American, they're a title company. They show that more than 54,000 option arms have a value of about $30.9 billion. That's a lot. Fitch shows us that 47,000 option arms here in the Bay Area have a value of about $28 billion. Why so many arms clustered here? Well, again, it's where home prices were going up more dramatically. People panicked and they had to get in, and they thought they had to get in. Otherwise, they were going to lose out on a chance to get wealthy in life. Arms let borrowers choose a, you know, a very low payment. You could choose to pay just the interest, or you could choose to pay a payment and the, not the interest. During the initial period, borrowers did their pick their payment option. They could pay interest and principal, interest only, or minimum monthly payment that doesn't even cover interest. So on a $100,000 loan, they weren't paying the interest on it. So it was $101,000, $102,000, $103,000. So they fell further and further behind. 94% of borrowers elected to make minimum payments. Out of all these people with option arms, 47000 plus in the Bay Area, 94% said, let's just do the minimum payments. And they got negative amortization. That means the house, the loan got bigger and bigger and bigger. After five years, or once the loan balance reaches a certain threshold above the original balance, mortgage is recast. Borrowers got to do the full principal and full interest payments spread over the loan's remaining life. Well, they got to find another another option. And what they're finding is they couldn't they didn't have good income five years ago when they got this loan. They still don't. You know, you hit a recession for the last two years, and they're they're screwed. Now, unlike subprime loans, which were more commonly used for entry level homes, option arms were used for higher-priced homes. In the five-county San Francisco area, option arms averaged about 584000 and they were typically used to buy homes of 823000 Now, the mid- to high-end real estate market, it's stranded right now. Any sort of extra inventory, it's not going to be welcome. So there's going to be some more failures. I don't think the real estate market in the Bay Area is going anywhere anytime soon. If it is, it's going to be the low end that got hit the hardest, the high end still has got problems. We still have thousands and thousands of loans that are going to uh, reset. A big factor in keeping home prices from recovering is going to be the number of arm scenarios that are unfold over the next several years. And the bulk of option arms recast dates are spread from 2010 to 2012. So the real estate markets re- in the Bay Area really isn't going to be, have a fair chance until 2012. Now, you may see pockets of strength. You may see pockets of spurts here and there. But listen to these statistics, and I'm going to hit the area that you live in, probably. San Francisco, Oakland, Fremont, Alameda, Contra Costa, Marin, San Mateo. The percentage of home loans originated from 2004-2008 that used option arms. Now, again, option arms expire, or they balloon. And when they balloon, suddenly you have to pay the whole, you have to pay your, your fair share of the whole loan. 19.5% of all loans from 2004 to 2008 were option arms. Right now, option arms in that same area that are 60-plus days delinquent or in foreclosure, 27%. Now, in San Jose, Sunnyvale, Santa Clara, um, San Benito counties, percentage of all homes from 2004-2008 that were option arms, 19.3%. Of which now 60 days or more delinquent, 28%. These are high-end properties that people are falling behind on. Santa Rosa, Petaluma, option arms were used in 2004, 2008, 25% of all loans. Right now, the number that are in foreclosure are in delinquency, 24.9%. In Vallejo, Fairfield, Solano County, 28%. 
of all loans done from 2004 to 2008 were these option arms that have to be reset. People can't afford the full payment. So Obama's not doing a damn thing to help the high-end real estate option arm fiasco. Not a damn thing. That's going to be very painful when it happens. And again, I don't think we're going to go off the cliff. But I don't think our real estate market recovers to where you want it to. And I think you're looking at 12 years before we get back to 2006 levels on real estate. If not a little bit shorter, maybe a little bit longer. But if you just get historical rates of returns, you're looking at about 10 to 12 years before we get back to 2006 levels. And I get emails every day saying, Rob, I'm holding on to a property for another year to see if the real estate market's going to improve. Another five to 10 years, buddy. Not one is what I want to say. Of course, I don't, you know, be rude about it. Sometimes I'm rude about it. Average option arm loan in the San Francisco region, $584,000. Number of option arms in the bear, 54,000. Borrowers who made minimum monthly payments, 94%. Average loan to value ratio, 79%. Average loan to ratio value now, now that their loans are resetting, 126%. So the loan has creeped up. And, well, the value of the home has dropped while the loan has creeped up. It's awful. Anyway, that's what I got for you. Um, From the live blog. The live blog's at talk910.com, talk910.com. Phone calls are a little on the weak side today, and I blame you, the listener. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. I'm thinking about doing the show live from my couch because I don't really need to be here. I'll be in my underwear and eat Fritos and just do it live from my couch. Because if you want a monologue, I can do a monologue from my house. I don't actually have to come in and use all this fancy technology to hear your calls. Okay, uh, from the 910, talk910.com blog. Rob, my company offers a large mid and small cap fund with both value and growth. What is your thoughts on how to split the investments between value and growth given a 20% investment in each category? Uh, 50-50. If I were to, okay, draw a tic-tac-toe board. You can do it on your hand right now. You can do it in your head. You can do it on a sheet of paper, whatever you feel comfortable with. Draw a tic-tac-toe board. And what you basically have is three lines on the top, three boxes on the top, three boxes in the middle, three boxes on the bottom. This is the typical way of looking at investing. You're going to call the top row large cap, the mid row mid cap, the bottom row small cap. And on the left axis, that's going to be value. And on the right axis, it's going to be growth. Far right column, far left column, value, far right growth. In the middle, it's going to be called blended. So you need six of these boxes checked if you're going to get diversification. Large cap growth, large cap value, mid cap growth, mid cap value, small cap growth, small cap value. So on your tic-tac-toe board, you just put X's on the far right column and the far left column, nothing in the middle. Now, if you don't want to do six funds, you can do three funds. And you eliminate those X's from the far right and far left, and you just put them straight up and down. So you get a mid-cap blend, mid-cap, uh, small-cap blend, and large-cap blend. So you could either do three or six. Total stock market funds are okay if they're total stock market funds and they're not market-weighted. The S&P 500 is a market-weighted fund. So that would, if, if you were to say, where's the S&P 500 fall, Rob? It's in the upper right corner. It's large-cap growth. You need some large-cap value. Now, other than these choices, you also need some international and you need some income. Now, income could be either REITs or it can be bonds or it could be municipals, whatever you're looking at. I don't care. Now, again, we're all different. There's a 20-year-old hottie out there. There's a 
40-year-old divorcee out there. There's a 30-year-old couple just starting out and making babies. We're all different. But you need those eight things or those five things. Now, again, eight being the large cap growth, large cap value, mid cap growth, mid cap value, small cap growth, small cap value. They needed some international, they needed some income. Or you need the three blended plus some international and some income. Now, large cap growth, we've already learned, like Microsoft, that's a large cap growth stock. That does cover, there's no doubt about it, that does cover some international. But I want you to get some international companies that don't trade on the dollar, that don't necessarily do business here. You can have overlap, and I understand that. This is not a perfect science. Out of these five categories, large cap, mid cap, small cap, international income, I want you to start by putting 20% of your investment dollars in each. So you basically take your dollar and 20 cents here, 20 cents here, 20 cents there, 20 cents there, 20 cents there. And then you can refine it. So for instance, I think international growth is, I think international is sexier than the United States right now. So let's say you're 30 and you got a, a stomach of steel. You can take it. You could stand the volatility. I think you f- favor a little bit more international. Maybe you go 30% international. So you go from that 20% weighting up to 30%, and then that's gonna, you got to cut 10% from somewhere else, right? Or you're going to cut it. Well, if you're young, cut it from the income side. That's not a bad portfolio. It's a start. This is not investment advice. I'm giving you a start. As you get older, you want more on the income side. You want more on the value side. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to break, but when we come back, we got Emil on the line, who I'm thinking about banning because he calls too often. Got to put them on a restriction. We got two people who call too often, and and damn it, they both have incredibly recognizable voices. David, who obviously has got cerebral palsy, um, and Emil, who he sounds like Emerald. Bam, sounds like the the Bam guy. Um, so anyway, we're gonna take a little bit of a break. We're gonna come back, see where we are in the show. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. Talk nine ten dot com. Talk nine ten dot com. It's nine ten a.m. that you're listening to. It's Rob Black Show. More stimulating talk. love the start of the song. I like thinking about some dog listening going, what do you say? You just hear that? 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Let's go to Emil in Brisbane. Emil, what you got? Mr. Ambassador, I just did a week in Las Vegas for a book signing. Okay. And I wanted to let you know that you hit the nail on the head. Las Vegas has, I went on a house hunting trip as well. And I looked at maybe nine condominiums. These are multimillion-dollar properties not too long ago. They're selling them for pennies. The, the unemployment rate is over 13%. And your words came back to me, stay away from Las Vegas, because there's a hard push to buy those properties right there off the strip. So thanks for the word. Yeah, you got to be careful buying real estate in deserts, because they also build straight up there. And one of the nice things about the Bay Area, Emil, is we have earthquakes, and because of that, we didn't build straight up for a long period of time. And some cities are afraid to, um, and some just won't do it because they don't want 10-story building falling down on people. So we spread our real estate out. In deserts, they build it straight up in the air, and that ain't an investment in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Why are you looking for a house in Vegas? What's wrong with you? Uh, I was looking for an investment property in Las Vegas because I go there quite a bit, but it was going to be a small condominium. But 
I, I, I decided against it because your words came back to haunt me. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather play and uh, you know change up hotels when you go there or, or rent out someone else's condo versus buying your own. So there's better markets. And thanks yeah, for the call. Thanks for the advice, Rob. You're a good man, Emil. Thanks for the call. And now I got to think: do I do I ban him or not? Because that was a good call. Okay, I'm gonna let him come back anytime he wants, but I'm gonna try to say no more than one call every two weeks. Uh, I got to put on some sort of punishment, so to speak. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Um, I got something on the live blog that I, I thought was kind of interesting. comes from Dustin. He says, can and will the government ever change the rules for 401k and Roth? Would it be retroactive, excessive balance tax, post-earning income surtax, social security disqualifying balance uh, threshold limits? That would really set me off if they pull a change rule in 2030. I don't think you're going to ever see anything retroactive. I don't want to say that for sure. Um, some people believe that we live in a capitalist market. Some people believe that there's checks and balances from stopping this happen. It might happen in, say, Venezuela. Could happen there where you have a dictator who gets all kind of crazy. Now, the 401k, the 403b, and the Roth, these are great products. They, they are really great products. They were designed, some will say, in a cynical way, so that the United States government, they know that Social Security is not enough. Social Security is going to cover about 20% of what you need in retirement. Social Security is about $20,000 a year, of which you're taxed on it. For your health care benefits, you're taxed on so it's really not $20,000, is it? comes down to about $10,000 when all things are said and done on your Medicare, Medicaid, Medi-Cal. Can you live off $10,000 in a year? Not bloody likely. So the 401k, 403b, the Roth IRAs, the IRAs, all those are, are good products to help supplement Social Security. Got to have a nest egg. Could something happen retroactively? It could, but typically... That's going to be a prop. Uh, that's going to be like an MSNBC uh, infomercial program. Is the government going too far into your life? Now is the time to fight it by buying gold. The government can never take gold from you. Like it's just going to be a crap product. It's it's kind of fear mongering. Could it happen? Mathematically, it could. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Do I think the income tax for retirees is going to be fifteen percent? Now again, we've got a progressive tax in the United States. Basically means if you make X amount of dollars, you pay 15%. If you make 3X, you pay 25, 35, 40%. So as you get more income, you actually pay a, a bigger bill, even if just off a percentage basis, you understand the idea. So do I think retirees will be paying 15% on the lowest tax bracket in 30 years? I could see a higher tax bracket. I could. There's absolutely, I could. So is it politically possible? At this point in time, no, because if you, let's say you're President Obama and you say, I'm going to raise taxes on the lowest tax bracket from 15 to 20%. Well, suddenly every low income person in the world, they're not going to ever vote for you again. And every retiree is never going to vote for you again. And those two, the, the low income people, they're not necessarily the big voters out there. Who, who are the big voters? Retirees. They got nothing else to do. They go out and vote. So, yeah. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Let's go to Greg in Castro Valley. Hi, Rob. Hi, Greg. Hey, I have a question for you. I have a, a, a underwater house, which is pretty normal. 
But uh, I was wondering about if I would just, uh, you know, short sell or foreclose and then take that money that I would, I'd probably be staying in the house a few months because of the, you know, foreclosure process or whatever, and pay all my bills off and just go rent something. And uh, the only thing I can see on that downside is the, uh, the credit score. Well, it could be bigger than that. Let's let's talk about it, Greg. How old are you? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Okay. How much is how much is your nest egg? Uh, I've got probably about four hundred thousand. And is it in a four hundred one k? No, it's in an insurance product. <laughs> okay. Okay, that was a bad investment. Um, yeah. But that you would have had a lot more if you didn't go that direction. But that's okay. You know, it's it's better than a stick in the eye, so to speak. So you're fifty-seven, and the home that you own. When did you buy it? Oh seven. Oh seven. First home you ever bought? No, it was the second, uh, third, third house I bought. Um, but it was a job move for my wife, which has turned out that's a good thing. It's turned out good for us. But uh, how much did I you just, pay, how much did you pay for the house? Uh, Five eighty five. How much did you put down? Sixty. Okay, so you're gonna lose that. You know that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. How much is the house worth now? Probably four eighty. Okay. Uh, I owe about you know I, I have two two different loans because they had to do it because of the jumbo thing right. and I I owe about total about five twenty. How much on the first? Uh, four twenty, about oh. four twenty, and about a hundred on the second. Okay, the second could be considered a recourse loan. You know that. Uh, what does that mean? I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, it's it's good. The first one, let's ask about the first one first. The 420000 have you done any refinances on the house? Uh, no, I haven't been. Any, you know, I have tried recently to do all these things, but there, it's not enough uh, value in the house, Okay, they, they tell me. And this is a typical two 30-year uh, mortgages, right? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, it's one to 40. The first one's a 40. Okay. Um... You basically bought way too much house in right. hindsight. Right. Now, or you, not too much house. You bought way too much mortgage is the right. better way of saying that. Um, I would consider a short sale. I would consider mm-hmm. a foreclosure in mm-hmm. your scenario. Um, are you not able to make the monthly bills? No, I can make it. I just didn't hmm. anger me to make it. <laughs> yeah. Well, are you going to live in the house till the day you die? No. Okay. I'm looking to no more than five years stay there. Yeah, and, and is it a good street? Are you in the best uh, school district? Is it is it desirable? Good location, yeah. Uh-huh. I think it's got a you know it's got a view property. It's, it backs up to a canyon. It's got the bay view. Nice. Um, it's it's nice. You know, I like it, but it's just it just kind of bothers me right now. <laughs> yeah, I would try to get a modification. Have you tried a modification? Yes. Okay. Uh, Bank of America, they tell me it's terrible. So that's that's my. Uh, they have my first, so they tell me it's really hard to deal with them. I think um, you should look a little bit further, and I'm going to recommend someone to you. Let me pull up the contact information real quick. Okay. Um, she is an attorney. Okay. Who, if she's not able to modify the loan, mm-hmm. her services are only $500, but if she is able to, it's $3,500. I'm not quoting her. I don't stand by her. I'm not... Um, a kickback. I, I, this is not an infomercial, right. um, but I've had her on my television show a couple of times and her name is Michelle McGill and you can find her at San Francisco real estate lawyer.com San Francisco real estate lawyer.com. I'd run your scenario through her 
and see okay. if she can't help you with a modification. Um, in large part, you're not so far upside down that they're going to say absolutely no. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the cash flow to make the payments. Mm-hmm. Um, she will give you better options than I will. So I would okay. I would consider a short sale, but that okay. second loan is going to haunt you of $100,000 because that's right. considered a recourse loan. Um, the 420 just sounds like a non-recourse. Then I would consider foreclosure. Then I would consider deed in lieu of. Um, if you could do a short sell right now, that might be your best option, especially if you can get close to what you owe. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be your best. And that right. takes a little bit more time to pull off, but she'll help you with that. Her name is Michelle McGill, and her website is San Francisco Real Estate Lawyer.com. San Francisco Real Estate Lawyer.com. What was your last name? McGill. M C G I L L. All right, Rob, you're always informative. Yeah, and thanks for the call. She and thanks for the call. One thing that I like about her is she's an attorney, and that's not a negative. She does a good job. She's boring as all hell. Now, that sounds like I'm insulting her, but she does her job really well. Like I think most people in my industry, in the financial world, they're boring as all hell. I think I do a good job of trying to make it infotaining, but I'm giving you a lot of in. Uh, a lot of information as well. She's good. And she's got that thing where, yeah, she's going to charge you because her time's worth money. But if she can't help you, she'll tell you that up front. And if she can't get the modification done, she only charges you like two hours of her time. That's a good thing. She's got a team of people. They've got a good success rate. They are not fly by night. She's good at what she does. Anyway, Michelle McGill, you can find her at San Francisco Real Estate Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in there. It's eight zero zero three four five five six three nine. Bring it on. Talk nine ten dot com. Talk nine ten dot com. It was nine ten a.m. It's the Rob Black Show. More stimulating money talk. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black. Nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. more things I have to get to today. Tomorrow I'm going to be doing a show on divorce, financial ramifications. I want to thank, by the way, Geeks on Call, their new advertiser on the show, and your laptop. A buddy of mine recently had his laptop starting to get kind of sick and sputtering and was dying on his last legs. He's like, what $800 laptop should I buy? I'm like, don't buy a laptop. Just take out your memory and put in some new memory. It's three, four, five years old. You got a gig RAM in there. Put in four gig RAM. Um, super easy to do, but some people get intimidated by that. Super easy to fix a computer. Geeks on call takes the intimidation out of it. So am I going out of my way to support an advertiser supporter? Absolutely. And I'll do that every day till the day I die. A couple blog posts and a couple emails that I want to address because these are good questions. Anyone know of a good online broker that has no account minimum? Too many to choose from. And that was from Kelly. Kelly, I hate to say this, but you probably shouldn't be going with uh, a broker. Sounds to me like you're dealing with too small of money and you're trying to be cute. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm not talking down. Kelly can be a man and Kelly can be a woman. So I'm not talking down to you as a sex. You really need 50000 minimum, 100000 more likely before you should start buying individual stocks. You just can't diversify enough. Now, if you want to be silly and buy $100, $250 of Apple, 
fine. Go to buyandhold.com, buyandhold.com. But you're being silly. That's not a good financial plan. You can't get enough diversification by buying stocks unless you've got $100,000. Minimum 50, more likely 100. He's got to own 10, 15, 20 stocks. And when you're paying 10 bucks for a trade, it's killing you. It eats, it eats away at a $2,000 account. So I tend not to like it. So I'm going to stay at that, buyandhold.com, if you want to be cute and kind of learn a little something or here. But I don't think you're going to get very far. And you're going to get frustrated, and you're going to say, I'm turned off to this whole thing. And I don't want you to be turned off to it. Next one comes from Anna. Anna says, I know you've said that life insurance should be purchased only if you're leaving um, to take care of someone. I was listening to Ed Slot on PBS, and he's a tax accountant who feels life insurance is one of the three best ways to preserve your funds for your heirs as they inherit funds tax-free. He makes a convincing argument. Now, first and foremost, let me tell you something about PBS. It's crap. A lot of people think PBS is this wonderful public interest, uh, public-funded broadcast Nah, they, to get your show on PBS, you got to have sponsors. Now, they call it show sponsorship, but you got to have money. Now, Ed Slot is okay. I got nothing against the man. He talks about some, some pretty good stuff on IRAs. Here's the problem. He's in business. And anytime someone's in business, you always got to say, what the heck is his motivation? The best life insurance to buy is term life insurance. Now, you'll go, but when I die, most people don't die in the term that they get it. Because you're 30 years old, you're just happily married, you have a little baby. So you get a policy for, say, 10 times your income for the wife. If the wife is a stay-at-home mother, get 10 times the income. That's the basic, right? That's what we've always heard. That may be true, may not be true. You may need a little bit more due to your circumstances. You may need a little less. Now, with a baby, you typically tend to get $250,000 increments because that'll pay for the 0 to 17. And if you want to help pay for school, you get another 250000 So on the wife, you go 10 times your income. On the baby, you go 500000 most. And you do it for 20 years because when your baby's 20 years old, he's on his own. He no longer needs your whole life insurance policy. See, now you go, what? when I'm 60 and I die and my whole life, I only got it for 20 years from age 30 to 50. And then I died when I was 60. You go, but I didn't get my money. It's insurance. You insure your income years. You don't insure your life. You insure your ability to earn income because the only thing we got going for us is our ability to earn income from age 20 to 60. When you're 60, you better have saved enough so that if you die, your, your spouse gets everything that you saved and your house. So Ed Slot, I'm not going to say he's an idiot. I'm going to say some of the advice is okay, but whole life insurance and variable life insurance is god-awful product, and it's sold in unreasonable terms, and I hate it got a high cost to it. It's got a low savings rate tied towards it. And when you're 65 years old and you croak, most of us are going to be 65 or older when we croak. Hopefully we saved enough. Now, again, if you're a 35-year-old man and you got a little baby running around and you don't got life insurance, you're being irresponsible because you could get hit by a bus. But if you're 65 years old and you, you croak, kids, he's already left college. So you don't need that life insurance anymore. So anyway, Anna, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Next one comes to us from Matt. I was wondering if someday you can do a session on the pitfalls of buying foreclosures. I took one in the 80s, and to say the least, you could lose your rear end. <laughs> it's tough buying uh, foreclosures. Foreclosures aren't the same deal as buying a, a, a house. Oftentimes, you don't get to tour the house. Oftentimes, you got to come with 100% of the money. 
So and oftentimes you're inheriting someone else's problems or a bad neighborhood. Or when they were getting foreclosed on, they decided to take all the copper out of the house. You're not doing the inspections. You're not doing all that stuff. Bank wants to get it off its hands. So I'm very, very cautious. Next email comes to us from Greg. He says, one quick question. I'm 52 years old. Company stock doing well. I plan to pull $100,000 to $200,000 out of stock into an investment with a distant rate of return versus risk given my age. What would I do? Okay, I'm guessing that Greg works for a tech company. Let's just say it's Intel or Hewlett Packard. I don't know. He didn't tell me. He's 52 years old. Company stock's doing well. A lot of times you get buy company stock you know, at a discount. That's a good thing to do. But look at it as income. Don't look at it as investment. What do I mean by that? If you're getting a, a great deal, look at it as a bonus. HP's giving you a discount on their stock. Not because it's a good investment for your retirement plan. They're doing it because it's a way to compensate you. They want to pay you more money, but they can't. Or they're figuring out we could pay them less cash if we give them this compensation on stock. A lot of times people own one stock their whole life. There was an operator up in upstate New York, and she was African-American. I don't know if that has anything to do with the story, and maybe I'm being racist when I say this, but she from she worked there 40 years for an independent uh, phone company. And she'd always been given stock, and she'd always told, buy more stock because it, it's doing so well. And for 20, 30, 40 years, this independent phone company did really great. Then they get acquired by WorldCom, so all her shares transfer into WorldCom. And her bosses, again, say, things are doing great, and she's making more money and more money and more money, and then WorldCom implodes, and it goes to zero. Woman worked 40 years, and she had nothing to show for it. All in the company stock. Now, you may think HP or Microsoft or Intel is untouchable. But let's just say your CEO loses his mind, jumps on a roof, and starts shooting college kids. You're screwed. Let's just say your CEO tries to hide an affair by paying off you know, the CFO, or they start scamming money. I don't know. You, know, you never know. You can't have all your money in one, one, one egg or in one basket. You can't have all your eggs in one basket. Look at some of the media stocks like CBS, where you would have sworn, and I know a lot of, there's sales girls here at Clear Channel that came from CBS. And I remember at one point in time, I was talking to her over at CBS, and she had $100,000 in CBS stock because her, you know, she got it in her 401k. Why not? And CBS, CBS, it always goes higher. You know, it's a big, it's one of the big three media companies. Well, it was a tough couple of years. Tough couple of years to see that stock go from 60 to six. So don't put all your eggs in one basket, is my advice. And regularly, when you do get compensation from a company, diversify out of it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. i got more coming up. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online, 910. Talk910.com. Talk910.com. You're listening to 910 AM. But you know that. It's Rob Black Show. More stimulating money talk. Ahead at noon, Glenn Beck. Now, Rob Black. 910 AM. More stimulating talk. So yesterday I went to Golden Gate Park, and I watched Comedy Day at the park, free event. A friend of mine, Will Durst, a famous or infamous San Francisco comic, was kind enough to give me a VIP pass. I super appreciated that. Um, Robin Williams got the Legendary Award, so he was there for five, ten minutes, did his little shtick. He talked about, I don't know if you've been to Sharon, Sharon Meadow, is that what? I think it's Sharon Meadows in Golden Gate Park. 
Uh, sorry that I don't know it, but no, I know the name for sure. But I think that's it. It's it's right next to the St. Mary's Hospital. It's on that side of the park. It's not near the coast side. But it was a beautiful day. Anyway, where do I go with this? I was talking to Will. And I said, Will, I said, I'd love any guests that you can get for me. I'll book them. And he goes, what comedians did you see today that you liked? I'm like, really none. But that's not the point. It's not that they weren't funny. It's that funny doesn't work on radio. Like, I find it appalling when you hear a comedian come on radio and it's 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 kind of like the Jay Leto interview where you go, oh, what you think about Obama? Like, oh, I hear you. You got a rich grandmother like the, the softballs. I hate those. What I want, I told Will, I said, give me the good stories. Give me the guy who's worked in comedy for 40 years and never got a Fox show. Give me the guy who just got a Fox show and lost it in under a year. Give me the Ricky Gervaisis, the Europeans that come to the United States and recreate their success. Like, give me stories. Because I know we all love money stories. I know we do. And we get them. And we learn from them. So anyway, uh, I want to thank Mr. Durst. That was very, very kind uh, to give me VIP access. And if anyone else wants to give me VIP access to anything, I'll take it. Any, I'm easily entertained. And I'm a great, great guest. I will talk to people I need to talk to and shake hands and, and be kind and generous. You only live once, right? Um, median pay package for board of directors. That they gave to their CEO. Median CEO package of pay in the Bay Area down 5% year over year. Do you know what the average CEO now makes in the Bay Area? Give you a second to figure it out. Now, again, let me give you the average CEO in an S&P 500 company across the United States. $8 million. And that was down 7.5%. Now, the CEO pay is down 5.6% in the Bay Area. So we're not even down as much as the, the nation. That's not here or there. Average CEO in the Bay Area makes what? Well, 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 $22 million. Mama, don't let your kids be uh, English majors. Don't let them become poets or philosophers. Mamas, don't, don't raise no cowboys. There's no money in cowboys. Teach them how to screw the public. <laughs> Teach them how to be corporate executives. You know, how proud would you be if your son this year decides for Halloween that he wants to be a member of the board? Encourage this. $22 million. Let's talk Coinstar. Okay. I'm officially at the age now where I am lame. I collect my coins, big plastic tub, and I take them to Safeway or Lucky's or whatever local place has that coin counting machine. To me, that's like going to Vegas. To me, that's fun and sexy. Talking to other people in line. Hey, how much you win today? Coinstar, you know them, right? Take a symbol of CSTR. CSTR. What do they do? They make kiosks that count coins. And typically they get a piece of the action on top of it. Um, the Safeways of the world, they love it because you come in with your coins. And then while you're there, you spend your winnings on their goodies inside their store. Kiosks are more and more popular. Another kiosk that we know is Redbox. Now, what do you get at Redbox? You get movie rentals. I bring this up because... Redbox, they don't have a relationship with every movie studio. They've got a relationship with most of them. But they're going to have three of the top five DVD releases coming to Redbox for them. Some of the summer movies are coming their way. Now, Blockbuster's closing down. Blockbuster's basically in a setup kiosk along the way. Right now, it's a land grab. How many places can Blockbuster get their kiosks into? How many places can Redbox get their kiosks into? Now, Safeway loves the Redbox. In large part, you rent a movie for a buck. It's a buck a day. 
you have to return it the next day. So you go to Safeway on Monday. You watch a movie Monday night. You got to go on Tuesday to Safeway. They love that because you're in their store twice. That's genius marketing. You get what that's about. So anyway, Coinstar just borrowed, and Coinstar owns both the money counting, the money change counting machines, and they also own Redbox. So they're locking this down pretty good. They just did a $200 million convertible note offering, and that's going to give them money so they can go out and do it, put more kiosks in more stores, increase their footprint. So the revenue numbers are going to be good. The revenue numbers are going to be real good. Now, the $200 million that they, they raised was only at 4%, which is cheap. So they've got additional capital to accelerate additional growth. I want you to take a look at the stock. I'm not saying buy it. Take a look at CSTR, CSTR. I think from these levels, you can go up 80% in the next two years. I think it's risky. I think you can go up 80% in less than two years from these levels. Now, again, that's just your stock idea of the day. You don't have to do it. I don't want you to chase it. I think that would be irresponsible. Let's quickly talk about China and Macau. I tease this at the start of the show. I like to wrap up my loose ends. China's quietly been relaxing restrictions for their citizens traveling from Guangdong to Macau. Did I just say Guangdong? Am I legally allowed to say that on air? We didn't hit the dumb button. Okay, good. <laughs> Hopefully you get my sense of humor. Um, anyway, so China's loosened up the, the traveling restrictions. Why? Their own citizens going to their own, you know, other properties. Well, ultimately, there's casinos in Macau. And the casinos are Wynn and Las Vegas Sands. And one company I'd never heard of called Melco Crown. Melco Crown. I just I found that stock, ticker symbol MPEL. And ultimately, China over the last year has started saying, let's limit two trips per year to this former Portuguese enclave because there's gambling there. What they're trying to do is tell their citizens, you're losing too much money. We have to stop you from doing this. Now, they're, they're reversing that. So that may, may bode better for Melco, Las Vegas Sands, and Wind Resort. So again, I pay attention to some of these stories. Another story we have to hit today is the Obama administration. They may make it easier for Indian tribes to build casinos on land far from reservations. Now, this would spur a wave of new casino development. The Interior Department, which runs the Bureau of Indian Affairs, is reconsidering a Bush administration directive requiring that off-reservation casinos be within commuting distance of the reservation. A lot of tribes are struggling with high unemployment and poverty on the reservations. They're looking to casinos for jobs and other economic benefits. It's an important issue. It's a controversial issue. And the Obama administration is rethinking a reversal could pose more competition to existing casinos that are getting pummeled in the economic downturn. Now... Some governors like David Patterson out of New York and Arnold Schwarzenegger out of California have come out in favor of certain projects in recent months. It's all about the revenue. No morals uh, when we're hurting. Play morals when we're doing well. It's the Rob Black Show. Talk 910, 910 a.m. More stimulating talk. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.